doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and today I'll be bringing you a conversation I had with my friend Lauren Dupree about chronic eczema and topical steroid withdrawal. As I mentioned in the first episode, I've been trying to get this podcast out for a long time. And I shocked myself today when I was putting this episode together. I looked at the recording date of when I actually had this conversation with Lauren, and it was two years ago. And that just shocked me. (laughs) But, you know, that's what happens when you have a chronic health condition. Sometimes you move really slow. So I'm just so excited that this is finally going to see the light of day. Lauren was so generous in sharing her story in this conversation. And there's a lot of themes that I think will resonate with, um, hopefully resonate with a lot of people listening to this. Themes like the ways in which societal beauty standards can affect somebody with a, a visible chronic condition, and also how oftentimes when you go to a doctor and ask for help, they do their best, but sometimes they can't help you. So Lauren is one of those people like me for whom the science isn't there yet to help treat her and to bring her back to full health. And that's just so frustrating. So I'm, I'm just so grateful that she was willing to share her story with us today. This is one of three podcasts that I recorded pre-COVID, so Lauren and I are sitting in the same room together, which is a a luxury that we didn't even know we were experiencing at the time. And the last thing I'll say before we get started is that, you know, this is a brand new podcast. I'm definitely looking for feedback. I would love to hear from you. Our email is majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. And as a brand new show, it's extra meaningful right now to see any positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to the show on. I would really, really appreciate that. All right, let's get into our conversation with Lauren Dupree. Lauren Dupree, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into this. Who are you as a person, just so our listeners have a frame of reference of who you are? Sure. Um, Well, as you said, I'm Lauren Dupree, Um, born and raised in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I studied theater at Howard University in Washington, D.C. And I always say that going to Howard University was like the best choice I ever made in my life. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I do. I'm a theater artist. I do like film, um, voiceover work, and I also produce my own content and manage my own blog. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you perform several times. I saw you in Ragtime at the Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And you were amazing. You had oh, this you. one vocal solo that just blew my mind. Thank you so, so much. So good. I saw it twice. <laughs> oh, wow. It was very good both times. Uh, and then you did a solo show recently. I called, did. Uh, a Night with Just Dupree. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I and did. it was really cool. Thank was, you. Like that must have been so much work to put together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's like an understatement. Um, it, uh, it's one of those things that like since I, so I moved, I used to live in DC um, and I moved back home in 2015 and, and I wanted to do a solo show like since I moved home, but I just kept, I don't know. I just kept finding reasons to not do it and like being afraid. Um, and finally I just like set a date and I was like, if I set a date and get a team, I can't back out. Right. <laughs> so that's basically how it happened. And I was basically putting together the show while I was doing other shows. And so I just remember when it was over, 
I think I just like did nothing for a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Were you tempted to run away screaming and just like like a runaway bride situation, but for a show? <laughs> yeah. Like multiple times. I was tempted to cancel it. Like the week before, I think I had like three breakdowns and I was like, I'm not going to do This is it. It's not going to work. I can't do it. I can't do it. And like, luckily I had that team and, you know, yeah. like tickets had been sold. So I was like, I really can't cancel. But if that hadn't have been the case, oh, I would have bailed. That's so interesting because you started the show by punking the audience. I did. <laughs> I haven't seen you since then, and I, I just, I. So we haven't had a chance to talk about this, but you started the show by pretending that you were having like a, a panic attack and weren't going to do the show. Yeah, and we're about to leave, and then you like got to the door and start turn around and start singing. But I swear, people, and I, I was sure that that was part of the show yeah. watching it but I was also 100% sure there were people in the audience who thought that you were <laughs> legit about to run out the door yeah <laughs> my cousin like my cousin was in the back like shouting Tia's here Tia's yeah. here <laughs> and she like really and like apparently like someone from the like production crew had to like come over and be like sit down <laughs> oh my god that's so funny uh, but I mean that was the response that we wanted so you're it, too good an it actress worked out. <laughs> it was too real well thank you I mean, you know, we we got the response we wanted. I was kind of scared because I was like, I don't know. Because it, it was a room full of people that I knew. So I was like, I'm not exactly sure how people are going <laughs> to respond. But, you know, the team is big enough to like be able to handle anything. But I was just like, I was nervous because I didn't know yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, it was super effective. And you had this moment where, as an audience member, I could feel that there was... A, a wide variety of experiences happening, but yeah. like everyone was tuned in and being like, what's going to happen next? Right. And that's all you can really hope for at the beginning of a show, right? right. It's like grab someone's attention. For sure. So, I don't know. I loved it. I thought you did an awesome job. Thank you. And you, you sang a bunch of stuff and I you did. talked about your health. I did. And that is actually, um, I mean, I was, I, I had already decided to ask you to do this podcast because I've been thinking about doing this for a while, but that was when I was like, I really need to talk to Lauren about <laughs> doing this because you talked about your health journey and it, you know, it's a brave thing to get up in public and talk about something that's happening to your body that you don't particularly like, right. that you wish wasn't happening. And I think our society in general tries to hide those things and ignore them. So yeah. what we're here to do today is to, you know, bring it out in the light and talk about it. So if anyone is experiencing something similar, it I, I hope that it will help them. And, you know, I'm I'm excited to dive into this. Are Me you ready? Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> so, Lauren, what is your major pain? Um, I have a chronic eczema. Chronic eczema. Yes. Tell us more. Tell well, what what does chronic eczema mean? Um, well, for I think it, it means different things for different people. For me, I've had eczema my entire life, and I have always used topical steroids to to treat the eczema. Um, and there have been times where it's been better and worse, and times where I've had I I think the the first like big flare that I remember is the uh this wasn't the first time I went to Arkansas but I have family in Arkansas and we went and visited and I was about nine um and just something about the the humidity and the mm. weather um my skin did not like it and I ended up having like bumps all over like my face and my body um and I remember we got back to Seattle and the doctor was like oh you need to use Aquaphor every day and Aquaphor for those who don't know is basically like Vaseline so I walked around looking like a grease ball for like a year <laughs> um did that then, help uh I don't even remember, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I mean, eventually, like, my skin healed, but um, 
it was I just remember like I looking back at pictures from that time period my skin is like very splotchy um and I just remember being very self-conscious about the way that I look because it was all over my face. It wasn't something that I could hide. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just remember like my face being very splotchy and just being very insecure. And it, eventually it cleared up, but um, it was a rough time for a nine-year-old. Well, yeah, no joke. <laughs> um, when, you know, everyone is looking for any reason to make fun of anybody right. so that they will not be the, the subject of ridicule. Right. You know, you don't want to have something on your face right that is going to draw attention to you for sure because children are mean they are <laughs> so how yeah. how did that feel as a nine-year-old and how did you deal with that um you know i've i've always my entire life i've struggled with self-esteem and i think eczema has been a big part of that um mm-hmm. just because it's again it's not something that i can hide um but at that time i you know i was thinking about this the other day and i feel like there's two versions of Lauren Dupree. I mean, there's like probably multiple versions of Lauren Dupree. I'm a Gemini. I don't even really subscribe to all that, but I'm a Gemini, so (laughs) I got lots of sides. But (laughs) there's like Lauren with eczema and Lauren without eczema. And again, I've had eczema my entire life, but there have been times where it's been under control and then times where it's all over my body and it's unavoidable and, and there's no way to hide it. And when it's like I look in the mirror and I don't recognize myself hmm. and I don't like see myself. I'm like, this isn't who I am. This is like something's taken over my body in this moment and I don't even feel or look like myself. And especially as a performer, it's like just an added layer of like, well, I need to look a certain way for like this show or this audition and to feel like, you know, I have these flakes on my face or like swole I get swollen um my eyes swell up sometimes in the morning um or throughout the day it's like when you have something that you can't hide mm-hmm. it I think the way that I deal with it is I uh my energy I'm like stumbling all over my words <laughs> oh you're doing great are you kidding me <laughs> oh great thanks I'm, I'm listening intently I don't gotta do anything over here <laughs> I'm trying to like find the words to like get this point across because it's kind of hard to explain how it makes you feel but I think my energy I I become very inward with my energy and I'm already an introvert but it's like I when I don't feel like myself and I don't feel good I don't have enough energy to extend to other people and to be around other people and it's I mean that's definitely something that I would say I've I've gotten over, especially again being a performer. It's like I gotta extend that energy. I don't really yeah. have a choice. Um, but yeah, I, everything kind of just turns very inward, and it's almost like you just want to hide because yeah. again you don't feel like yourself. And it's like I don't want I don't want to meet new people looking like this because this isn't really me. Like this isn't you know the best version of me that I I know I can be. Hmm. Um, Even though it's something you have no control over. Yeah. Yeah. That must be so frustrating. Yeah. And well, and it's funny that you say, even though it's something that I have no control over, because I think my journey uh, so far has been trying to find ways to, you know, to heal it completely. Because I like I truly believe that, like, this isn't going to be my story forever because I've seen so many people that have healed from eczema. Hmm. Um, But what I found from the research that I've done, which is mostly like online, because the weird thing about eczema is that doctors I, doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. And people have different theories about what causes eczema and what to do to treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but people have healed 
but so many people have done different things to heal. So right. it's really like, what's individual to my body? What do I need to feel good and to, you know, like be healthy? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, no matter how much research you do, none of that research is going to tell you what your body needs because exactly. that is an individual journey. Yeah. So you have to just keep trying things. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about a bad eczema flare up and like what it looks like and how it affects your body as a whole? Yeah. Um, well, so earlier I said that I've used topical steroids to treat my eczema my entire life. Um, in about 2012, I believe I had just graduated from college um, and I ran out of my medication and I also didn't have a doctor to go to anymore because I just graduated from college. So I wasn't like connected to, you know, the doctors from school sure. anymore. Um, and I was like, oh, I ran out of my steroids. I'll be okay. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I basically started waking up with like, like I said, my eyes were swollen shut. I started getting light patches all over my face. It felt like my skin was like burning oh. and stinging. Um, and also I like, my face felt like puffy all the time, like just uh, bloated, I guess is the best word I can come up with right now. <laughs> um, and again, it was just like, I kept seeing myself and I was like, this isn't me. I, I had it like all over my thighs, like my my hands, the insides of my elbows. Um, and at that time, I, that's when I started experimenting with my diet and figuring out like, okay, is it something that I'm eating that's causing it? And so I, I cut out dairy. It probably took me like a year to do it because I loved ice cream and cheese and yeah all the things um and then after that i cut out gluten um and i thought it was like oh well me cutting these things out of my diet is helping and it did help but i also ended up going to another doctor and they ended up putting me back on the steroids um and yeah it you know my skin calmed down and like i got back to normal or as normal as i can be mm -hmm. um yeah what do the steroids have side effects? Yes. Uh, I actually don't use the steroids anymore. Um, but one of the side effects that they always say is like it can make your skin thinner. Um, I can't remember what else like the doctors actually told me about the side effects. But I do know. So in 2014, <laughs> I stopped using the steroids completely um, because I was getting really bad flare ups. And while still on the medication. And I was like, well, what's the point yeah. if I'm still flaring up? And so I stopped using the steroids and started going through what's called topical steroid withdrawal. And at the time, I had no idea what was going on. It was kind of like the same thing that happened in 2012, where like my eyes were swollen shut. And then like I was getting light patches all over my I actually like my eyebrows uh, started thinning out like the the um I don't know what that's called. The second half of my eyebrows um, <laughs> like fell out. Um, oh, wow. And it was just like completely all over my body. I had insomnia. I was having like panic and anxiety attacks. Um, Did that start? So you, you started having the eczema issues and then started having panic attacks and insomnia? Yes. Okay. Um, and I like my whole 
my whole goal was like, okay, I'm going to find a way to naturally heal because my frustration was I kept going to doctors and asking what is ca- what's causing these breakouts. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't give me an answer. They were just like, here, take these steroids. And I was like, no, like <laughs> I want to know the root cause of it so that I can stop it. Right. Like the steroids are just a band-aid over a bigger issue and they're not even working anymore. I kept having to get stronger and stronger prescriptions and I felt like I was addicted to them. Um, and so... Yeah, when I when I stopped using them, um, that's actually what caused me to move home to Seattle because it got so bad. Um, And I was trying like so hard to figure out what was going on, like uh, researching online, seeing all these like naturopaths, homeopaths, um, getting acupuncture, just everything. I was trying everything. And finally, I think I stumbled across somebody's blog um, and they talked about topical steroid addiction and topical steroid withdrawal and then it kind of just opened my world to this whole network of people who had the same who looked like me you know they they had like it, it was like I remember like looking at these pictures and crying wow. because I was like oh my gosh I'm not alone like there's other people who are going through the same thing as me and it's like it's because they stopped using their steroids because they were addicted to them and the steroids weren't working anymore so um, when you say addicted to the steroids, you mean like your skin starts to need it? Yeah, like it when I when I decided to stop using it, I was literally going through like a tube of the steroids in a week or two. Wow. And the the way that um you're supposed to use it is like, okay, you have an eczema flare, use the steroids for like a week, hit it hard, and then stop. Okay. But I couldn't stop. I just kept having to use it and I kept having to like call the doctor and be like, I need another prescription because as soon as I stopped, my body just went crazy. And I was like, this is, this can't be be good, you know? So the only thing, so you're seeing all these different doctors and the only thing they have for you is this thing that makes you better temporarily, but then way worse after. And it's working less and less over time. Yeah. So... I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with doctors where they just have nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating. It just drives me absolutely crazy. And it yeah. feels like so hopeless Yeah. to go in and talk to a doctor and say, look, I, I mean, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this, and none of this is working. So what next? And and then they just have no options for right. me. I mean, is, it, is that what it feels like to you? I and mean, when you say, what next, what next? And they just... What what happens? What are those conversations like where they don't have anything for you to try? Oh, it's I can't even remember because I feel like <laughs> it's been a while since I've <laughs> been in a doctor's office, at least for eczema. But I mean, I just I just remember just being so frustrated because I felt like I was asking a very simple question. Yeah. And it felt like there was no effort put in to to see the situation from my perspective. Hmm. Like the only solution was just take these steroids and even you know seeing like naturopaths and like homeopaths um sometimes it, I, I found that some people were helpful and some people weren't because some people it seemed like oh this is just like the diet that you give everyone mm-hmm. and it's like i need something that's tailor-made for me <laughs> you right. know um and then you know when you go on a journey of like natural healing it just takes time. And so sometimes it's hard to know, like, is this thing that I'm doing even working? Like, did I just not stick with it long enough? Um, and I think that was kind of the frustration that I had. At least I remember in D.C. seeing a specific, I believe she was a homeopath. And I just felt like, 
Yeah, I felt like it was she was just kind of giving me a generic thing that she gave everyone. Yeah. And I would I would be like, yeah, but what about this or what about this? And I just I don't know. I just had this feeling of like she's not she's not helpful for me. This isn't the right person. And to be honest, I haven't found um, a doctor that I trust. (laughs) Like, I feel like most of the things that I try I just find on the internet and I know they say like, Oh, don't, don't go on WebMD and like diagnose yourself. But it's like, I'm, I'm just learning from other people's experiences. Right. You have a diagnosis. Well, you yeah. just have nothing to do. Like right. you have no options. Yeah. And you've been, I mean, you've done everything that society tells you to do, which right. is like, go to the doctor. <laughs> you've done <laughs> right. that. It sounds like many, many times. Yeah. But it's interesting what you said that you haven't gone to a doctor for eczema in a long time. So you've just kind of taken, taken it into your own hands and are just working through it on your own at this point. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, that's not, now that I think about it, it's not completely true. <laughs> so, okay, so I went off the steroids, right? That recently. Uh, well, okay, this was 2014 that I went off the steroids. Okay. Then in 2016, because I had gone through topical steroid withdrawal for like two years, and I had gotten better, but like performing again, I was just like, I need something that's more stable. So I went back on steroids, but it was a, it was a different... Um, it was like a different doctor who basically has a different method of treating eczema. And I like did research and so many people had healed from like using his method. Is this Dr. Aaron? Yes, it is. I've, I'm subscribed to you on YouTube. Oh. I've, <laughs> I, I've seen some of these updates. Yeah. The Dr. Aaron method updates. Yeah. On What's so, your YouTube? Uh, YouTube.com slash something. Oh my know? gosh. I should know that, but I don't. You know, they don't let you make that unless you have like yeah. certain amount of subscribers. I think my, mine is like, I think I made mine like a really long time ago and it's something like Amani Loayodo, okay. <laughs> which was like my screen name when I was like 14 or something. <laughs> yeah. But if people search Lauren Dupree, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll find you. You'll, yeah, yeah. You'll find me. That's the easiest way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, what is, what is the Dr. Aaron method? So it's staring steroids diluted in moisturizer with antibacterial and the reason why he does this is because a lot of people who have eczema have staph infection Hmm. and like if i'm remembering my research correctly (laughs) everyone has like staph on their skin but when you have eczema you have lots of open wounds on your skin um just because the skin barrier is compromised and so it's very easy to get staph infection um and so his whole method is like treat the staph and hit it hard and then taper down so like hit it hard meaning like five times a day and then taper down and then some people end up like not having to use it at all or some people get down to like one application a week um and so when i first started using it it was like amazing and then I never was able to get past like three applications a day for some reason. Like if you tried to taper down from that, yeah. it would break out again? Yeah. Or, okay. well, really, there were some spots where my eczema never completely went away. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think my hands ever healed. Um, is there a place, this is, I don't mean to change the topic, but is there a place on your body where you don't get eczema or is it most of your body? Um, it It changes. So like... I would say, I don't remember, I don't know if I've ever gotten eczema on my stomach. Yeah, or my feet. (laughs) But like everywhere else. (laughs) But like everywhere else, I feel like there's been eczema there at some time or another. Wow. Yeah, because like... I mean, does it hurt to like put clothes on sometimes? Uh, not now. It has. I would say when I first went through, when I first stopped using the steroids, like everything just kind of felt like sensitive. Yeah. Um, and I mean, 
there are people who have had it much worse than me. Like I know someone who was like basically immobile because wow. like because it just hurt too much to move. Yeah, and she because she was so inflamed. Like it was you know it. And it's like when you look online and there's some people who are like that too. Um, and so I've never like, it's never really, it's given me like discomfort and pain, but not to the point where I can't move. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I derailed us from the Dr. Aaron oh, it's okay. thing. <laughs> so you couldn't taper down. Yeah. It was just like, once I got down to like three applications a day, it was like when I tried to taper down... Not not necessarily. Sometimes I would flare up or it would just basically like stay the same. Like it never it never fully cleared up on the Dr. Aaron method. OK. Um, so it seemed like it was maybe helping a little bit, but not any more than just doing the regular steroids. In a sense. Yeah. And and after a while, like it. I don't know if it was ever completely gone from like my face, but like after a while I started like my neck and chest were just constantly inflamed no matter how many applications a day um above my top lip like i guess you can say my my mustache um <laughs> just like it's just constantly inflamed like it's never like i don't remember the last time that it's been clear wow um and same with my hands and the the crazy thing is that sometimes i look at pictures of like when i first started topical steroid withdrawal and i feel like my hands are worse now but i mean it goes through it goes through waves like there's periods of time where you know it's in less places and then periods of time where it's like oh i just have eczema everywhere right now great have you been able to trace a pattern to that like time of year or or anything like location where you are in the world no No. it just happens but the some some research that i've done like recently um like looking at other people's journeys it's just kind of like when you stop using the steroids and you go on like this healing journey, you just have these like random flares. It, it's like it flares and then you heal and then it flares and then you heal. And from what mm. I found, each time you flare, there's there's more time um, in between each flare and each flare is like less and less intense. On natural healing methods. Yes. What what type of natural healing methods are you are you talking about? Um, For me, it's like diet uh. And then topically, um, I use like shea butter. Um, I do detox baths. So with like dead sea salt. um, And I put like tea tree oil in the bath too, because that helps that gets rid of bacteria. So like staph infection, Mm -hmm. that's good for staph infection. Um, Manuka honey is also good. um, And it's also antibacterial. I've never heard of Manuka honey. Oh, yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. What is it? Uh, I wish honey mm, from the magical land of Manuka. Right. I think it's it's from Australia. I believe. Okay. I hope I'm not lying right now. <laughs> but it's it's basically just like um, I think all honey is like antibacterial. I okay. believe to like a certain extent, but Manuka is like more concentrated. Gotcha. So it's good for healing like cuts and sores and like open wounds and things like that. Wow. You can also eat it too, but like there's different. There's like different grades of it. And so I think there's some grades that are like super antibacterial and it's like not good to eat them. So is this what you're doing right now is like a natural healing period? Yeah. I remember at your show, you were saying that you had tried some natural healing and then had gone back to the steroids. Yeah. How many, do you have any idea how many times you've gone back and forth between trying natural healing and having to go back to the steroids? Only like, really only twice. 
Because, like, I mean, there was that time in 2012 where I, like, accidentally stopped because I didn't have a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And then 2014 was when I was like, I'm healing naturally. And then I went back to steroids in 2016. And then in April 1st, I stopped using the steroids again because I was like... And honestly, I had wanted to stop using them for a while. But just with performing and, like, being on stage, I was like, it's just not a good time. Yeah. Um, and especially, like, I think the shows that I was doing, I was dancing into. And so with the with the like open wounds and stuff on your skin, it stings when you sweat. Yeah. And itches really badly when you sweat. So I was like, I can't, (laughs) I can't do that while I'm in the middle of the show. Also, like I'm not trying to like do a show with my eyes swollen shut or something. (laughs) Right. And also you're getting up on stage in front of a lot of people and you probably, does, does that amplify your, your self-consciousness about it? Yes. But in, in a weird way, um, performing while going through topical steroid withdrawal has like helped me overcome a lot of those insecurities. Hmm. Cause when I first, like when I, so when I first stopped, I moved home to heal and then I ended up like performing before my body had completely healed. And that wasn't my plan, but it just kind of happened. And I was like very self-conscious during like the rehearsal process and during the shows, but it was also better than like sitting at home by myself, not yeah. doing anything or like the type of work that I was doing to make money was like doing in-store demos and stuff, <laughs> which I hated. <laughs> so like what type of products? Uh, oh my gosh. Um, I, I remember one is like Bing, this like energy drink and it was called Bing cause it was like made out of cherries. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I did stuff with Crave jerky. Uh, what else? Where you're like the person at a table yeah. offering samples of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I mean, I did all sorts of like promotional work. Like I, I worked the color run at Seattle Center, which was actually oh, cool. really fun. Yeah. Um, But during that time, like I, I didn't feel like myself and I was like very self-conscious about the way that I looked. But I was like, well, I need money. So I guess I have to work yeah. even though I don't want to. <laughs> that, that is the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is an uncomfortable topic to dive into a little bit but i'd be curious to hear about how you're how you, more details about your self-consciousness around this sure and if you've received any pushback from the world around you for how you look and have if there's been any painful moments with that or just you know how it manifests in you and i'm i'm curious to hear more about how you feel like like it's not you when you look in the mirror and, and yeah like how how do you reconcile all these things in your brain and actually get up and go out and get on stage um wow that's a that's a question yeah that's a big one (laughs) it's Um, like three questions i should ask one at a time no it's all good uh i'm gonna try and answer it if i if i go off on a tangent just pull me back i I Um, love tangents i'm going with you if you're going (laughs) um I i honestly don't even know where to start to answer that i i think one thing that i've had to learn and accept is that I will never be the Lauren that I was before I started topical steroid withdrawal. Hmm. Because I think when everything first started, I was like, I just want to get back to the way that I was when my skin was like perfect. And like, you know, eczema wasn't an issue because there were times when like, it really wasn't an issue. When I changed my diet initially, like it, it, it made a huge difference. Um, but then after a while, it was like, that's not enough. Um, How long did that period last? 
Of like my skin being being relatively normal. Uh well I can't to be honest, I can't give you like a specific amount of time. Cause even in the time that my skin was normal, I would have like little flares here and there. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing that like, you know, was like, I can't leave the house today. Yeah. It was like, oh, there's some eczema on the inside of my elbow or like, oh, my hands are flaring up today. Um, so, yeah, I honestly, I yeah, I can't give an answer for that because I don't think there have just been times where it's been controllable and where it wasn't affecting my face. OK. Yeah. And is that one that obviously that must be the worst. Yeah. Like emotionally. Yeah. Um, Because you can't hide it. (laughs) There's no way to hide that. And even like for me, the way that my eczema flares up, even with makeup, I just feel like one, I feel like makeup just makes me look older because it's like the the way that my skin breaks out. It just gets really, really dry. And then I flake up. And so right now I'm dealing with like the whole right side of my face, like just flakes up and like my neck and my chin and a little bit on the left side, but mostly the right side. And then sometimes my eyelids and again above my lip. And so when it flakes, it's not like, oh, I can just moisturize and it'll be okay. No, I moisturize and there's just like moisturized flakes on my face. <laughs> oh, no. And then if if I were to like, sorry if this is like gross, but if I were to like pick at it or like try and like get rid of all the flakes, then my skin is just like raw. Yeah. And it's gonna, it's just gonna scab up and flake again. Wow. And so I'm kind of like going through a cycle of like scabbing up, flaking, shedding, scabbing up, flaking, shedding, and it's on my face. So yeah. there's, there's no way to really hide it. Um, yeah i f- what was the initial question <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i wish i remembered we can go back and listen um what did i ask i, I guess uh have you well let's take a piece of the question okay on on days like that do you like how does it manifest with the people around you in the world if you have to go out and do something um I think that I am a little more introverted than I would be mm-hmm. when I feel like that and a little more reserved just because I don't want to get close to people. I don't want anybody in my face. Um, and yeah, it's just easier to keep to myself. Yeah. Um, I think now I, I think because I've had to do it so much especially because it's been going on since 2014 and it's like so it's almost been it was like the end of 2014 it's almost been five years um with ups and downs Mm -hmm. but because i've had to deal with it for so long it's like i just you know it's like i just have to live my life like i'm not gonna let it stop me from living my life um it's frustrating and like i wish that this wasn't the case but i'm gonna do what i have to do um and I think like on days when it's extremely bad, it hasn't it hasn't really been like horribly bad for a while. There was a day um, I had an audition and I canceled the audition because I woke up and I was like, I don't one, I don't want to put makeup over this because I'm sure makeup isn't <laughs> like helpful, right. you know, for the healing process. And two, even if I put makeup over it, it's not going to look good. And it's like, I don't want to have to. And I've done that like multiple times. I've gone to auditions, not feeling my best, not looking my best, but I'm like, I'm here. I'm going to do what I can do. And it's like 
on that particular day, I was like the stress of having to try and cover this up and put on a brave face and like do all this. I just, it just wasn't worth it for me that day. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that's something that I've learned in this process too. It's like, yeah, I can live my life and do what I got to do, but also I have to take care of myself. And some days taking care of myself means I'm going to cancel what I have to do because I don't want to deal with the stress of it. Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. I I think like, you know, for me, like giving myself um, permission to do nothing. Yeah. Is really hard and really important. On like there, I have days where I just like can't get up and do anything. Yeah, and I have to be okay with that, and I have to tell myself this is it's okay to do nothing. Like today, what I'm doing is is resting, and like that that's really important, and I have to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. What a hard that sounds like such a hard thing to balance. So. How how do you feel now about this idea of wanting to go back to how you used to be? Is that a way that you still feel like wanting to go back to having perfect skin? Um, I mean, of, uh, of course, I would love to have perfect skin. Um, but I think I, it's not possible to go back to the way that I was before all this happened. Even if my skin is perfect down the line, like I... I have a completely different lifestyle now, a completely different worldview. And I know that like in order for me to have perfect skin, there are certain things I can't eat. There are certain like products I can't use. So I think that idea of going back to the way things were, it's just not, it's a fantasy. Um, And it's not a bad thing um, because I think, you know, as human beings, like we're supposed to evolve and grow and change. And unfortunately for me, it's, it's, uh, eczema that's forcing me to do all this changing. But in the end, like, I believe that I'll be better for it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So how, can you tell me any, I mean, have you had to do any mental gymnastics to, to reach that point of view? Because I can imagine how hard it must be to go from, you know, I just want to go back to how it used to be, you know, when I was eight years old <laughs> and I'd never had this problem and, and you can remember what it felt like to yeah. not have the problem and you know how wrong it feels to have the problem yeah. and doctors can't help you. Yeah. So that sounds to me like a spiral of anxiety and frustration that I think a lot of people would just get buried under Yeah. and you have come out of it and you're out in the world, you're on stage, you're living your life, you're doing your stuff. You're not letting this, um, define you 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 have you know integrated it into your life so how did you do that oh um well the reason that i moved home to seattle was to start my blog Uh and i feel like when i say it it's it's like so weird to say because it's like you wait you moved home to seattle to start a blog but (laughs) that that's the reason why i moved home and so when all this started, I had been thinking about doing a blog for years, but I had um, my idea for the blog was completely different from what it's turned out to be. Um, and my inspiration to do it was because I had struggled with an eating disorder. And so I wanted to like talk about healing from that and like share like cute recipes and workouts and like look at how perfect I am now. <laughs> and then all this skin stuff started happening. And 
for me, I was living in D.C. and I was like, it's time to move to New York. It's time to like, you know, take the next step and and reach for bigger things. But I was dealing with these like really serious health issues. I didn't know why. And I was dealing with like anxiety and depression. And so after I like I had even like secured a job in New York, I just needed to find a place to stay. And I finally just had this moment where I was like, if I go to New York nothing's gonna get better Mm -hmm. like I have to go home and like figure out what's going on and like work on some things emotionally like I have to take care of myself and I have to start this blog that I've been thinking about for so long like I have to share what's going on with me and I think a few years before that I had like I did this like post on Instagram and Facebook talking about how I had recovered from an eating disorder and how when we go through things we isolate ourselves and we're we're I'm not going to word it as eloquently as I did because I can't remember exactly what I said. But basically, like when we isolate ourselves, we're left in darkness and we we think that we're all alone. But when we shed light on the issue, um, it's when we shed light on the issue, it helps us realize that other people are going through things, too. And it, it helps us come out of it. I didn't word that very well, but that's basically what the post said. And so um The reason why I'm sharing that is because with the health issues, it was the same thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't go through this in darkness and seclude myself and like hide it. Like I have to expose this and share it because there's someone else going through it too or someone else going through something similar. And like me sharing my story can be a help to them. Absolutely. Um, And at this point. That's what we're doing here today. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm, obviously I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you you started the blog and did it and then it transformed into talking about your health journey whereas right. originally it was going to be like like look at my perfect life. <laughs> right. Now it's like look at look, look at this at, mess. <laughs> <laughs> like just a more honest look at at what who you are and what you're doing what you're going through. Yeah. Have you gotten feedback from people? Yeah. Tell me about that. Um the first blog post uh the response that I got was just confirmation of like, okay, I did the right thing. Because like so many people, whether they had eczema or not, just reached out to me saying that like, you know, like you've inspired me or like I've gone through the same things or like, thank you for doing this. And that kind of feedback just kind of continued with every post. Even like the other day, uh, someone commented on, uh, the YouTube video that you watched, I think, yeah. just basically saying like, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Like it's been helping me or like, you know, it's given me courage. I, I don't know exactly what they said, but yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, but I just remembered your question about, I, I like, in the middle of my tangent, I was like, I forgot what I'm even answering right now. <laughs> I, I forgot what I asked. Right, you so you asked something about like, have I had to do like mental, oh, yes, like mental aerobic gymnastics. gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. Um, to go back to that, I would say I still struggle with anxiety and depression. Yeah. And um, even so, I stopped using the steroids again, April 1st. And, yeah. and as we're recording this, that's been almost two months. Yes. Because this will come out. That. I have no idea when. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and I so I chose that date because... I had a break in my schedule as far as performing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is the time for me to focus on me. Cause I've been going, 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 going. And 
something needs to change because my health isn't where it needs to be right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that it was going to be this like, I knew it was going to be hard, but I was like, okay, I have time off right now. Like I have all these projects in mind that I want to work about or work on. I have like all these ideas and like I'll have time to actually really put my focus on them. And for a while, it was like kind of like that. First, it was like, okay, I'm a chill because, you know, I've been working hard. So yeah, let me you chill. just done your solo show. Yeah. yeah. And then I had like some other stuff come up and I went out of town and then I came back from out of town and like just like fell into a depression. And wow. I was like, what is going on? It was really hard because like I had all these ideas and things that I wanted to do, but I had no motivation to do them i was just apathetic about everything right and i think it like we don't have to go into detail about like exactly why i was depressed i think it's like very layered but i think the point is that it's something that i constantly struggle with Mm -hmm. like it's not like oh i have this blog and i'm open about what i'm going through and i'm perfect (laughs) no (laughs) like it's i think it's it's a daily it's a daily struggle um, and I go to therapy, I see a therapist and she gives me tools that like, you know, help me in times that I'm down or like help me figure out like, why am I feeling like this or what's going on? And I think it's so important because I think that we develop these coping mechanisms through our lives and we just rely on them. Mm-hmm. And when we're not doing well mentally or emotionally, we just go back to the coping mechanisms. But those coping mechanisms are probably what's, you know, feeding into the depression and anxiety, but we don't even realize it. Sure. Yeah. yeah unless you've looked at your whole cycle yeah. under a microscope, yeah. it's hard to say. Like, yeah. is this coping mechanism helping or hurting me? I mean, if your coping mechanism is shooting heroin, it's probably bad. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not one to say for sure, but I don't think it's good. Right. Um, or, yeah, I mean, there's like if your coping mechanism is like here's a really common one, I think with people with health problems, um, sometimes they lash out at their loved ones. Mm-hmm. I know I've done this. Yeah. I know that, you know, sometimes I'm not the most pleasant person to be around when I'm dealing with something internal. Yeah. Um, it externalizes as anger towards whoever is close to me. And that's. Like, that's not good, yeah. you know, and I've, I've had to do a lot of looking at that personally and like assess how I am interacting with those around me and making sure that I am telling them after the fact, like, I'm so sorry, yeah. you know, like that wasn't about you. Right. I was having a bad day about something else and it came out towards you. And it, at the time it felt like it was you and it wasn't, and yeah. I'm sorry, you know, and I will try not to do that anymore. So there are... But there are some, I mean, obviously there are good coping mechanisms. Like, you know, your blog is a great coping mechanism. It sounds yeah. like your blog is a pressure release valve for oh. what you're going through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. And I, I'm i a huge, huge fan of finding creative projects as coping mechanisms. Yeah. I think that's like my number one recommended <laughs> coping mechanism is like build something creatively that that you're passionate about. And that's what you've been doing for a while. How long have you been doing the blog? Uh, I started it. On my birthday, May 29th, uh, 2015. Oh, wow. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was going to respond to something you said. I remember. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, lashing out at people. I think that um, I do that too, 
because I, I get in these funks and I'm yeah. like, I'm just mad at everything. And, you know, it's just because I'm dealing with something and I haven't dealt with the emotions of whatever I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, when I was feeling down, you know, uh, a few weeks ago or whenever, um, I was talking to my therapist and she was saying that, you know, part of the reason why you're going through this right now is because you're not doing anything like yeah you, mm. you have all this time to do your projects but like any sort of like anger or like frustrations that you had you could take it out on like oh well I'm in this show and these people are getting on my nerves or like oh this thing isn't going the way that I want it to or this person is doing this thing but when we're when we take all that away all we're left with is ourselves sure and I think she said that um depression is anger toward turned inwards I mean yeah I mean I've I've also had some serious depression issues from time to time. And there are times where I think that has been true for me and times where it hasn't. Yeah. Like I had, I had testicular cancer. Oh, wow. Uh, have I not told you about this? No, I, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. I had testicular cancer uh, when I, I guess almost four years ago. Wow. It happened right before my 30th birthday. Oh, wow. Um, I had cancer and I went in like, oh yeah, surgery, you're out and, and you're back to work in two weeks. And that's literally what it was. It was oh like so fast. Yeah, I didn't I didn't need to do any radiation or anything. I just had surgery. They removed a testicle and then I was back to work like I think three weeks later. I needed wow. an extra week. But then I went into this like real serious depression of, you know, like why did this happen to me? Like I, I'm 30 years old and I just had cancer. That sucks. And I don't know. It just like I, I got really depressed for about six months and then six months later... I'm just like, oh my God, I'm depressed. I didn't even realize it, you know, like I, every, I just went to work and everything was terrible and I was so mad all the time and nothing sounded good and like I didn't want to do anything and I kept having to go to this job and I'm like, fuck everything. And then one day it was like a light bulb went off. It's like, oh, you, buddy, you had cancer and you got depressed about it and that's fine. You know, that's normal. Yeah. That's okay. And it helped so much just to like not be, just to be aware of it. And yeah. it just kind of like evaporated at that point yeah but i've also had depressions that were just out of nowhere for yeah. no reason um and how you might just like have emotional uh symptoms that are caused by something in your body yeah that is not your fault and you know you, you didn't had nothing to do with and it just happened and you're depressed but but it has like made me look at the people around me like my you know you know my girlfriend andy like mm -hmm. you two actually knew each other as kids right yeah, we were in middle school and high school together. Yeah, that's crazy. I want to <laughs> yeah. hear middle school Andy stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, there there will be days where she just like gets in a funk out of nowhere. And we've, because I've experienced this a lot, we've developed this language around like, well, this this isn't your feelings. You know, you're mm -hmm. feeling it and it is yours in that way. But it's not because of your life and right. it's not because of how you are right now it's yeah. just like something you need to ride through does that happen to you as well yeah um yeah i think like my big frustration um in this time that like i've had a break i'm doing like air quotes because it really hasn't been a break but <laughs> that's not important um but like there have been times where i yeah i do just get in a funk and i'm like i don't even know why i feel like this right now i'm just annoyed by yeah. everything and especially like when I first moved home um and I was doing like 
these like detox diets and like work. I was just trying to do everything at once to heal. And instead of like slowing down and resting, I was like, go, go, going. But at the same time doing like detox diets and like detox diets, you never know what's going to (laughs) happen. And there were multiple times where I would just like be angry and like honestly it could have been they call it like the die-off symptoms of Uh like the detox yes totally and like it could have been like die-off symptoms and then there were like yeah i've experienced yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think like saying just the act of saying things out loud is so helpful yeah and like that's why i've loved podcasting for years is because it's totally therapy to me and i feel like more right in my own body the more i express myself yeah um but yeah, but I think that there is like, I think there's also this mysterious element of it that we just don't quite understand yet that could have something to do with the microbiome or whatever, the gut, flora and fauna. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. All things. that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just, I, I personally really want to change the way that like depression and anxiety are talked about mm-hmm. as being just an emotional problem. Yeah. Because it is like a symptom of something and who knows what it is. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be whatever but like there's just no compassion for people going through depression in our society yeah you know like if you're depressed they're like well that's your issue you got to deal with and you know i don't know that stuff drives me absolutely crazy yeah (laughs) it's so much more complex than just deal with it sure and yeah eczema is a great example of that where like no doctor can tell you why you have it yeah like we don't understand it as like the scientific community doesn't quite know what to do about it yeah it sounds like well, people have their theories. Sure. <laughs> like, there's different theories, but right. yeah. But there's no, like, this works for everyone. Yeah. And and you yeah. have to find your own thing. Yeah. Do you, so how hopeful are you at this point to find your thing that, that helps dramatically? Um, well, at this point, I don't even think it's finding a thing. I think it's just settling into a lifestyle that I can sustain. Okay. And... I think with time, I'm going to heal. It's just this annoying, (laughs) you know, like painful process that I have to go through in order to get there. Um, Yeah, because like I said, like looking at looking at other people who have had the same symptoms as me, it, it just takes time. Yeah. And like different people do different things, but they still heal. It's just a lengthy process. And yeah. some people heal in like a month and it's like, okay, good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then other people, it's like, you know, they've been going through topical steroid withdrawal for like five, six, seven years. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, you were saying earlier how you don't ever really know if you've given it enough time, if it's not working. Yeah. Because sometimes, it's, I mean, it sounds like sometimes you have to just like keep trying. Yeah. And then maybe it'll work a few years later. But how do you, how do you keep yourself on that track? And how do you know you're on the right track? Um, there might not be an answer to that question. Yeah, I think like in the past, I just I get I get very overwhelmed looking at all the different like healing diets that people use and and different methods. And I think for me, it's been hard to stick to one because I'm like, well, I read this and this is compelling and it seems like it's right. But that's conflicting with this other thing that I read that's also (laughs) very compelling. And so I've tried different things. um, And I think in the past, I've just been so. Uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, So obsessed. We'll say obsessed. Yeah. So obsessed with like 
eating a certain way or living a certain way. But in, at the end of the day, it hasn't been sustainable for me mm-hmm. and my lifestyle. And so now, yeah, like I said, now it's just about like settling into like, okay, this is something that I can continue to do. And it's something that makes me feel good. Yeah. And so I'm just going to trust that this is right for me. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, in, in a world where there are no clear answers, yeah, find the thing that works the best for you. Right. That sounds great. I mean, that, <laughs> like logically, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> what What have you learned from this whole process? Because, you know, you've been having this for most of your life, it sounds mm-hmm. like. What have you taken away from it that is positive? Mm. Has it changed how you feel about other people and what they're going through? Oh, yes, definitely. Because you just never you never know what yeah. someone's going through. You never know what their day-to-day life is like, what they have to overcome to leave the house every day. And I think that that's something that, even though like I've had eczema my entire life, it it um it wasn't as extreme before. And and I think just like thinking about what other people deal with on a daily basis, that just wasn't in the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Until something like this happened to me. Sure. <laughs> um I also think it's it's I know I said earlier that there's like Lauren with eczema and Lauren without eczema, but I think this whole journey has made me more myself Um, Mm. because I am so open about what I'm going through, like being open on the blog and like sharing my journey has made me more fearless and like, like doing my show, like I was terrified. (laughs) I was terrified. But now like my whole thing is like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing things that scare me. Like doing the blog terrified me. I think the first post, the first um, blog post that I put up, like it took me three years (laughs) to write that. Like, yeah, like I wrote it and then like left it and then came back to it and then like left it. Wow. So you started working on that in like 2012 before it came out in 2015. Yeah, that wow. sounds about right. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. cool. I can't believe you pushed through that to get it out. Yeah. That's well, amazing. I for me it's like this kind of like a pattern in my life. If I have I ha- when I have an idea or like an urge to do something, I may not do it the moment that I have the urge, but uh-huh. it doesn't go away. I'm totally the same yeah. way. Yeah. And so Absolutely. I eventually get back to it and yeah. like maybe there's like obstacles I have to overcome or maybe like it's just not the right time. I'm not in the right place to do it yet, but yeah. Stuff always comes back for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I. It sounds like you've had a similar experience that I've had where your compassion for what other people are experiencing has been heightened by experiencing something yourself. Yeah. Like I remember when I was a kid or like in college or whatever, I remember being um, impatient with people who had health problems because I'm just like, well, they just haven't done what they need to do to fix it. Yeah. And I think about that now and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> right. Fuck you, me. Like, yeah. that's awful. I mean, there are so many people out there that myself now included who have been fighting something for most of their lives. You know, I, my, the thing that I've been dealing with, like, it's at least 10 years at this point that I've been trying to figure it out. But then there's like nowhere to go. And what are you supposed to do? And it's just infuriating. Yeah. So we have to be there for each other. For you know, sure. like we, just everybody like people human beings we need to be there for each other like if someone is in pain help them you know just do your part to be a compassionate person and help them and don't assume that you understand what they're going through and don't assume that they haven't tried everything and you know sometimes like depression and anxiety will will 
stop people from doing things that they want to do mm-hmm. and don't don't be impatient with them for that you yeah. know because they're fighting you have to fight a battle to fight the battle you know you have to like get to the point where you can put in what you need to put in to make progress yeah like if you're, you're talking about you know going inward and i know i, I really know what you're talking about because like i i have days where i have to turn off the world like yeah. i have to Oof, yeah. like go go inside play a video game watch tv like my worst days are the days where i have to find some way to distract myself yep and and i have to be alone and you know just like really go inward to the point where i don't have to deal with how horrible like existing feels in that moment right and ride it out and that's a really important part of the process for me and i think a super valid part and i you know giving myself the option for that has been and allowing myself to do that and allowing myself to use like marijuana products on those days and uh has been so helpful and just like telling myself it's okay right. like it is okay to be shitty today right like, <laughs> it's okay to just be stuck today yeah. and it helps so much and yeah. i don't know i i if by doing this podcast is something this is one of those ideas that was has been in my head for a long time mm-hmm. that I am now acting on. Yes. Uh, which is so <laughs> exciting for me and like I there are some messages that I want to get out there and I think that um the one that has come up in this conversation that I feel so powerfully about is, you know, be compassionate to the people around you and give them some latitude to be hurting and try to be aware of what they're going through and maybe you can help in some way sometimes the best thing you can do is to leave someone alone yep (laughs) and just being self-aware enough to know that like today's not the day yeah um i i do want to talk a little bit about how people seeing you in a bad eczema flare-up day i mean i I actually have had some some issues with that as well on my face and i know what this feels like oh wow uh not anywhere near as serious as as what you've dealt with but but there are days where i'm literally like running to the bathroom all the time to check my face to see what I look like yep. to make sure that I'm not snowing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've actually never had anyone tell me anything like you look horrible. Right. Like all my worst fears have never happened. Yeah. It's just all been like me being worried yeah. and m- feeling judged. Yeah. What's what's it been like for you? I mean, I think it's very similar where like no one has ever like come up to me and been like ah you have eczema on your face you're a monster <laughs> like you know like that's never happened but it's still you know it's like you just have this worry that like I don't look my best or like people sure. aren't going to receive me well or like and I mean I can say like I I've noticed somewhat of a difference in the way that like not necessarily people I know, but like strangers, the way like I interact with strangers when like I'm having a bad eczema flare. Like I I can notice a difference. Yeah. Um, it's like as- looks and, you know, yeah, just the people's energy around you right. changes a little bit, especially like from men. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Well, I mean, like not like nothing nothing bad has happened i just noticed that like oh there's there are certain times where it seems like i'm getting more attention in certain times when i'm not hmm. and in the times that i'm not it's usually a time where there's like a big eczema flare or i'm not feeling my best yeah um and like i even like i mean i don't know if this is the reason but i do remember like one person in particular before i moved home um 
they were like in Seattle and I was still in DC and they were like commenting on all my Instagram pictures and stuff like, oh, you're so beautiful and this, that or the other. And like they found out I was moving home and wanted to like hang out. And then I started going through, you know, all the health issues and I was like vocal about it on Instagram. And they just kind of like stopped commenting on everything. And I moved home and like us hanging out never happened. And like at the time I was, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, heart. I really didn't care that much. It was just like, but it oh, feels bad. I see what's happening here. Right. Yeah, it, it makes you feel like you're not this standard that people are looking yeah. for. And yeah, but how how glad are you that you never met up with that guy? Because he sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, it's great. Because <laughs> that's not. Yeah, that's not what I want. I yeah. actually feel like. Well, no, that's a whole nother. I won't get into that. Never mind. Oh, no, I'm so curious. <laughs> well, I was just because I, I was when all this was happening, I was in a relationship and I was trying to remember like how it affected the relationship. Yeah. And he was very supportive. And like we actually like would cook together and like um, he would like eat like me. And I would always be like, you don't have to eat <laughs> like me because yeah. like everything I'm eating is very specific. Um, but I also like he was very supportive to a certain extent. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I feel like once it got more and more serious, he, I mean, he was dealing with his own stuff, not like health stuff, but like he was just dealing with stuff. But once it got more and more serious, I felt like there was just more space between us in the relationship. And I felt like I wasn't being supported the way that I needed to, especially because I didn't know what was happening. And I was like dealing with, you know, I just, I just felt like my world was crumbling. Wow. And then the relationship crumbled. <laughs> wow. You're laughing, but it sounds awful. I mean, it was at the time. I'm like yeah. so over it now. But, and, and I broke up with him because I was like, I knew that I was like, this isn't, this is actually making my situation worse. Sure. Being in this relationship with you. Well, good for you um, for realizing that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was really hard, but. Yeah. I mean, these things just weave themselves into your life in every way. Yeah. And they just, you know. Even though there are two different Laurens, you are both of them, you <laughs> yeah, know? And like, yeah. as much as you, as much as you look in the mirror and don't see yourself, it is still you. And you obviously know that. Yeah. And like, you've had to find ways to integrate, integrate that in your life somehow. Yeah. And I've had, I've had some experiences. Well, I've had a lot of experiences with dating people where my health has been like the determining factor in why we broke up, mm. you know? And my current relationship I'm with this wonderful person that you went to elementary school with or middle school or yeah. middle school and high school. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she is so, so supportive, so supportive. And like, I don't know what I did to deserve that or like how I continue to deserve that because I, I dating, dating someone with health problems, you, you like take on their health problems. Yeah. You know, like she is living with someone who, um, I'm not my full self yeah. all the time and she's never really seen my full self. You know, like I've, I've been in a flare up since I met her. Mm. So I don't know how she deals with it. I'm just lucky she, she's still around, but yeah, it really, it like affects every aspect of your life. It affects my relationship with my parents and like, they're so worried about me and it, yeah. I've, I've had to leave jobs over it. And, you know, it sounds like you've like missed, uh, um, auditions mm-hmm. and I, it's, it just weaves itself into everything. It does. But I, but I wouldn't give mine up if I could, because I mean, I would love to, I I have to be without it for my life to continue, but I wouldn't choose to never have experienced it Yeah, because 
I think about that person that I used to be who was so impatient with people with their health problems when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that guy sucks. (laughs) And I'm not him anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I think about the version of me that never was sick. And I used to do this also where I'd be like, I wish I could just go back to that and be that person again. And then eventually I realized like, I don't, I, I didn't like that person as much in so many other different ways. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this is the way, the path that I had to take to become a version of myself that I like more. Yeah. Do you feel that way at all? Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I think it's, it's made me more fearless. Mm-hmm. And um, this whole detour to Seattle, like, <laughs> like was completely unplanned. But like, I'm so grateful for it because I... I am more of myself. And like when I say that, I guess I mean I'm I'm not afraid to be myself. I yeah. think before I was just so like focused on fitting into this mold that I could never fit into. Um and now I just know like no, I just have to create my own lane and be me. Like I don't yes, have to I love it. I yeah, love it. yeah, I don't I don't have to like fit into anyone else's standards. Like I create my own yes. standards. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. Yes, totally. And, and like I still I'm I mean, I'm not gonna lie and be like, I'm completely and one hundred percent secure in myself and like love yeah. everything. like no, it's still a daily like I think it's a daily um I don't wanna say struggle because that makes it sound like a bad thing, but process. Yeah, it's a daily process still, but I think think that like every day I'm just more and more becoming myself and and loving myself more even though you know half of my face is flaking off (laughs) (laughs) and that's so key though because when you love yourself it radiates and people can feel it yeah and the way that people interact with you changes a little bit yeah for sure that my my life goal is to be the most extreme version of myself I can be so like do the most introspection possible figure out what makes me the happiest what I love the most do those things as much as possible find the people I want to be around who bring out the best sides of me, spend as much time with them as I can. Yeah. And like, there's this big thing in my life that stops me from, from living my most joyful life. So I have to find all the other ways that I can do it. All the ways that are in my power to do, it is my responsibility and my joy to do it because it's made me so much happier. And I think that living with a health condition does not make you less of a person. Um, I and finding like acknowledging that and like finding ways to move beyond that right and be the best version of you that you can or your favorite version of yourself is is a worthwhile goal for everybody right. and I and it is a process that anybody could pick up at any point and it it's as simple sometimes as saying like what do I want to do today you know yeah like it's my day off. What's the, what's the, like, treat yourself, you know? <laughs> like, what's the best thing I can Parks do today? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, exactly, yeah. Yeah, totally. But, like, you remember when that, when Parks and Rec came out, I'm like, oh, treat yourself. Like, that's a good idea. It I, is. It is a good idea. It's so yeah. simple. and But nobody does it. Right. And I think that's why it was so popular on the show, because yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Like, be selfish sometimes and, like, learn yourself. And I don't know. There's so much to that. And I, so this is right now, this is the first of these conversations that I've recorded for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, it's probably not going to come out first because I think that I will, I, I want to have my story be first, yeah, I think, just because, <laughs> just because I want people to know where I'm coming from as, right, yeah. as I lead these discussions and, and know who I am as we go along. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but this is the first one of these that I've recorded. And my hope for this process was that I would, I don't know, like 
to find joy in these struggles somehow yeah or these processes <laughs> and so much of what you said is things that i would have said and that fascinates me oh you wow. know yeah like, so much of what you said about like learning yourself yeah is is so similar to how i would put it mm -hmm. and i think that's so cool yeah and i there's so much value to be had in struggle yeah yeah and and the more we share it the more people maybe can you know i my hope would be for people to look at their own struggles in a in a new way if they are in a bad place yeah to maybe look at how they can steer into a better place because doctors aren't necessarily going to be there for you you know no <laughs> and like sometimes no one will be there for you but yourself yeah. and and yourself is the first step you know maybe sure. i don't know i was saying <laughs> you know saying anything is like specific and, and and broad it's never it's never true like everyone's journey is different yeah uh but but the the positive things that you found in your journey mirror mine yeah I think. and i think that there's i really think there's something to that oh yeah for sure i really do yeah and i you know i just want to give people hope and make people feel um valuable yeah because there's so many times that i've just felt worthless yeah you know i feel that <laughs> but right now i feel good yeah me too <laughs> thanks to you <laughs> thank you so much for being here okay lauren tell us about where to find your blog any anything you want to plug your time go sure okay well my blog is called justdupree.com that's j-u-s-t-d-u-p-r-e-e.com um and uh not only do i have the blog where like i talk about my health issues um emotional things mental things all that stuff i also post about like upcoming projects um i post i do uh comedic sketches I post those on the website too. You do. I've seen those. They're yes, great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, so those are on the website um, and like a link to my YouTube. I know we like mentioned my YouTube earlier. Um, you can get to it from my website. Perfect. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, <laughs> Carver with a K. We oh gotta yeah. Carver with a K. <laughs> Your alter ego. Yes. Yes. I have an alter ego. She's a um, pop diva. <laughs> she cray that's what she is <laughs> um but you can find her on my website and also on um my instagram which is also just dupree but it's just d-u underscore p-r-e-e -E. fantastic yeah well this was wonderful i really appreciate you being here and being so open and willing to share yeah thank you so much for having me my pleasure um do you uh, this is something i want to bring up with people i have on the show do you i i'm very sensitive to people giving me advice about my health journey. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to it. Yeah. And I kind of try to steer away from it because I have a path that I'm on and I have to see that through. And if that doesn't work for me, then I maybe right. will need advice at that point about for where sure. to try next. But like, I'm on a path right now. How do you feel about that? I'm the same. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I often feel like whenever people give me advice, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I've tried that, I did that, I'm already doing that. <laughs> sure. And I think it's just so interesting that people who don't know your full story, like feel confident enough to give Immediately you too, just right away because <laughs> it's like oh yeah i have eczema oh what you need to do is wait 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 whoa whoa whoa, whoa oh my god totally. all you know is what like yeah you know that one, one little word. detail yeah, totally. like you don't know all the research you you just don't know right. so yeah i, I feel right. the same way and eczema is something that like a lot of people have had minor versions of yes and it's <laughs> and it's it's hard to imagine what it must be like to live with an extreme version yeah that, like as you have you yeah. know and as something you might i would imagine you get pushback from people sometimes You're like oh that's no big deal yeah i don't well funny story 
So I was talking to this guy. Um, I think it was like a dating app or something. But I was talking to this guy and I forget how it came up, but I like kind of shared, you know, like the health issues that I was dealing with. And his response was, oh, yeah, I get it. Women are, uh, you know, my sister's like that. Women are really vain about like the way that oh, they geez. look. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I felt like barf. the Incredible Hulk like burst out of my shirt. <laughs> and I think I like sent him this like like a whole bunch of paragraphs back talking about like no it's not about the way that I look it's uncomfortable for some people they can't even leave the house because yeah. this that and the other like I just kind of went in on them and right. then and also men care about how they look right like men care right I can guarantee this someone who you know I have a nice shaped beard I, <laughs> I care you know right but I think like when people think eczema they just think of like it's so much more than just the way that I look like there's it's so, like I didn't even uh, to be honest I didn't even get into all of it on this podcast because there's no. other he- health issues that have come up because of the eczema and because of topical steroid withdrawal. Oh wow! But well, if you ever want to come back and talk about that, you you are absolutely welcome to. For sure, let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was such a treat. Thank you so much, everyone. Go check out just to pre just do pre dot com. Yes, is that right? That's correct. Okay, cool. See, I know it. I know it now. Yeah, I got to memorize. I mean, that was the name of my show, too. You know, it's I like, know, it's like yeah. my thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. You did flash it up on the screen at your show a couple times, too. <laughs> I did. That was, yeah. It was good branding. It's Thank in my you. mind for the rest of time. Great. Yeah. Ooh, well, that Lauren, rhymed. you rock. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com.